Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome in to this Monday, September 12th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons. Family-owned, full-service funeral home, proudly serving our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us on a big Monday here in the Eastern Panhandle. Uh, great high school action on Friday night. Saturday, Shepard gets a big win, and unfortunately, West Virginia falls in overtime. Marshall gets an upset victory over Notre Dame on Sunday. The Commanders won, the Steelers won, and the Ravens won. It's a big victory Monday all around here. Uh, Colin will save you a little rant for WVU here in segment two. Uh, But we'll start with uh, Martinsburg. They were able to find a way, pull away from Sharando, 56-20, now 3-0 on the season. Uh, in the ball game, uh, Tyson, or excuse me, Ezra Bajant went 14 of 18, 256 yards, five touchdowns, along of 60 yards with one pick. Uh, Musgrove came up big in this game, four catches, 73 yards, two touchdowns. Buzzed over, one catch, 60 yard for a touchdown. Cassius Gideon, four catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Jameer Hunter, three catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Musgrove also had uh, three punt returns for 54 yards as well um martinsburg rolls in the second half after what was a, a tough first half um on the ground clement uh seven carries 58 net yards and a touchdown uh king had a touchdown on the ground as well Corey fagan uh the jv quarterback had one as well colin overall it's you know nick do you have the you have the cut of the interview uh i can pull it up all right, let's there. just let Colin talk. It seems like we've seen the same Martinsburg team three times in a row, and Coach Sherman will kind of say that. It's just like in the first half, some things aren't going right. The other team's still in the game. Then the second half, you're just completely dominating. That third quarter was crazy because then in the fourth quarter, for most of it, it was JV guys. Yeah, I mean, at the, in some stances, you're like they were in the game, but at the same time, the offense has shown progression in that first half. I mean, the five touchdown passes, or no, four of the five touchdown passes came in that first half. And Ezra spread the ball around. Yeah. As you mentioned, it was two to Musgrove, one to Dover, one to Hunter, and one to Gideon. That's pretty solid. I, I like seeing the spread of the wealth because all those guys are different versatile wise and it worked clearly but from week one 13 points scored in the first half last week against Musselman 26 points scored in the first half and then against Sharando 36 points scored in the first half yeah I mean yes defensively there's more points that have been allowed in the first half compared to the second half but are the teams really in the games is the question. That is true. I, I feel like not. I, I think Martinsburg has truly been the dominant team each and every time. It's just only a matter of time, I guess, defensively, not offensively, 
for them to step up. Nick, you got the interview ready? Yeah, I do. All right, let's cue it up. Three, two, one. Yeah, I thought we played a lot better in the second half. Gave up, gave up that first touchdown, first job, then settled in again. And, um, you know, just played well uh, defensively, offensively, and just uh, – He did a good job, and uh, guys made plays. And two of these guys right beside us, Sarad Musgrove, Cam Shallis, they make big plays in every game, but specifically tonight for Sarad, he seemed unstoppable. Yeah, Sarad is a great returner, and he's a great receiver as well. And I'm um, just glad that he's he's emerged right now and, and has been doing a great job for us, and, and I expect that out of him the rest of the season. And Cam made some big hits tonight. He's coming off committing to college. Uh, it's obviously got to give you a little bit of juice, but for you, you see this every week. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just been our leader. He's the quarterback of the defense, leading tight, solid. You know, he plays hurt, plays through injuries, and he's just a tough kid. Again, you guys get a big win tonight, and uh, it's going to be a tough test next week. Yeah, two trains are colliding at each other, coming at each other. They're playing really well. We've been playing pretty well, too. So uh should be a big game at Martinsburg, at Coburn Field, Walker Stadium next week. All right, that was Coach Sherman after the game. I caught up with him along with uh, two players as well, and Cam Shallis and uh, Sarad Musgrove. Talk a little about, about Cam Shallis. Thursday night, uh, he commits to play at WVU, and then Friday he comes out and has a, a pretty big game, having uh, four and a half tackles on the game. Yeah, uh, he's their you know, stud inside linebacker, and I think his tackle numbers might be a little bit down this season compared to last season. Because not many people are getting past that line. I mean, yeah. Xerxes Yancey, six and a half tackles. Rashad Reed, Five and a half tackles. I mean, that's what twelve tackles, thirteen tackles, right there. Yeah, so just yeah, between I mean, those two guys, you give credit to that front, yeah, four and what they're able to do. Um, and I think, you know, back to some things that Martinsburg still has a little bit to clean up, and I think that's kind of been maybe the concern for the Bulldogs early in the season. But like Colin said, at the end of the day, Martinsburg's still winning these games by you know several touchdowns. So. They haven't really been challenged too much. And you do want to see those. This week will be a big challenge. Yeah, I think a little bit quicker start in terms of you know executing throughout the entire game uh, is going to be important, especially in Highland Springs. You know, this week, a team that's really good. So I think it'll be a tough challenge for Martinsburg. And also, though, I think that they'll be more up for the game potentially. So if things could execute a little bit better especially if they have a really good week of practice and are locked in um but just those penalties in the first half like you can't have dumb penalties and that's really what allowed Sharando to be in the game a little bit early on um but overall I think this team is, is still fine and I think they'll continue to you know get wins uh this week that will be probably their biggest challenge of the season so we'll see how they're able to perform um against Highland Springs. So looking forward to that game and at home too. So I think that's big. You know, Martinsburg yeah. gets to play host this week uh, and their fans will get to see a really good team. At Coburn Field. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing that's kind of lost in this game is Ezra Bajan, 14 of 18, very accurate on his passes. He threw one pick, uh, but only four incompletions, including that interception and five touchdowns for 256 yards. And he didn't even play the whole game. Yeah, and that pick was on the very first drive of the game, yeah. and it was in the end zone. And that very next drive, your defense was able to force a safety. So that was definitely a little bit of a spark, even though Sarando did take the lead after that. But from then, 
Martinsburg was able to get the lead back and hold on to the lead for the uh, rest of the game. So there's signs there that this team is the dominant team in the state, but you just want to work on obviously limiting all those penalties, especially offsides ones late when it's third and short or second and short to keep those drives alive for Sharando because that's why they scored. I mean, you were in situations where you're, defense was about to be off the field but yet the drive continued because of really dumb penalties and at what point does that change we don't know yet i think too that this is a pretty young team uh for martinsburg this year so that could be where you're getting those penalties uh i think as the year goes on you know and those guys get more experience they'll probably stop making those mistakes so this team's still dominating when it comes to final score, and overall that is what is most important. Uh, and, and I think they'll clean things up, especially I think this week when they know that you know you can't make those mistakes against yeah. a team like Highland Springs. Yeah, Highland Springs 77th in the country, according to A.R. Emmert, who says this game will be a whole different animal, the best team to ever come into the House of Pain, he says on Facebook. Uh, let's move on now uh, to... The other, the big game in the EPAC over uh, on Friday night was uh, Musselman at Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson, or excuse me, Musselman comes out late touchdown to edge uh, Jefferson in this one. And now Jefferson not looking great on the season. Musselman looking to be that number two, number three team in the conference. They've kind of been the opposite of Martinsburg in terms of they get off to some pretty good starts. I mean, not last, not against Sharando, but they were leading at halftime against Talk Musselman. about Jefferson. Yes. Yeah, they were leading at, at halftime against Musselman. They were leading at halftime big against Millbrook, and Millbrook got back into that game. And then we see Musselman come back and shut them out in the second half to win that one, 21 to 20. So, uh, you know, the Appleman now advanced to two and one. I think Jefferson will be all right. They definitely have some talent. On that football team, I, I wasn't sure how that game was going to go down based on what we had seen from Jefferson in the first two weeks and how Musselman played pretty well against Martinsburg for a half. So I wasn't sure how close it would be, but it ended up being a really good game. Um, and there's not much separation between those teams. So we'll see uh, how things go from here on out. But Jefferson is obviously a team that has a lot to work on, I think. But I think the talent is there for them to still turn things around and make the playoffs this year but really good game really good win for Musselman to come back and eventually pull it out there in yeah. a great second half Musselman now two and one on the season um Jefferson falls to one and two next game as uh Cardinals the Spring Mills Cardinals able to pull away um from South Hagerstown and get the win 48 to 28 Alex Eaton had a great game 130 yards on 18 carries two touchdowns and a pick on the defensive side of the ball Spring Mills, though, a very young team, um, starting to build up some momentum this season. Yeah, 48 points. So the offense uh, was finally clicking. After being shut out in week one. After being shut out in week one and also after a very close win against Washington in which we heard from Coach Sims and he was saying a lot of the times Spring Mills were shooting themselves in the foot, especially in the red zone. So this time around, they were able to put points on the board. The defense stepped up, and they got a big win against a pretty solid team. And now 
The next step is to continue that winning mentality and go against Jefferson, who obviously is starting to struggle right now. Can you take advantage of that and make sure that you're the better team? Yeah, I think it will tell us a lot about those two teams moving forward, uh, who could potentially contend and who may find themselves on the outside looking in when the season comes to a close. I think Jefferson Spring Mills, you know, we think that we know Jefferson's probably the better team, right? I mean, at least heading into the season, we thought that. They have the better athletes, yeah. But it appears that Spring Mills is at least putting some things together and Jefferson's not finding ways to win games. So it's a very important game, I think, early in the season this week. I think it is as well. Uh, Hedgesville now 3-0 and on the season as they defeat East Fairmont. Uh, or excuse me, yes, East Fairmont 28-14. to uh, Hedgesville, although East Fairmont a 2 and or double-A team, uh, I think he, it's going to be a tough test this week against Morgantown, I believe. Yeah, it's a big test against Morgantown, but you got to win on the road against a but you're coming pretty in three decent double-A team. You're 3-0, and so Hedgesville's pretty happy right now in good spirits, but the next two games... I think the next four weeks for them are going to tell a lot th- about Those are huge. Season. I mean, you got Morgantown, who's a really good team, then Martinsburg after that, best team in the state. Spring Mill's starting to put things together. Musselman, obviously we know what Musselman's doing this year. Mm-hmm. I think this four-game stretch for the Eagles is going to define their season. Yeah, I think this is the first really big challenge for them uh, going up against Morgantown. I mean, we thought Washington might be a playoff team this year. At least I thought they might be, but it doesn't look like things are working out there for whatever reason. So, you know, this will be a really good challenge against Morgantown to show us, okay, is Hedgesville really going to be competitive with some of the top AAA teams? Or are they maybe going to be one of the lower-end AAA teams that still maybe make the playoffs because I think the talent is there for them to get uh, above 500 and get into the postseason, but they might not be an actual contender when it comes to playoff time for a deep run. Uh, so I think this week will kind of show us a lot about Hedgesville. I think they, they're they just finding ways to win. You know, you're 3-0. It doesn't really matter who you play if you're getting these wins. Uh, I mean, obviously it does matter when it comes to the final standings, but yeah. – if you have you know six seven wins at the end of the season, then you're probably going to be in the playoffs. Uh, so, I like this Hedgesville team. I think they continue to get better and better under head coach Matt Faircloth. Yeah, and the one final game this week, Washington uh, still can't get in the win column. A twenty eight nothing shutout loss to Frankfurt. Um, things not looking good for Washington, which we thought could be a well improved team. Though there's still seven games left in the season, uh, not off to a great start. It's going to be tough for this week, too. Independence is three now. That's their opponent, and they're on the road. Yeah. So. they got to go on the road for the next two weeks, and then they're home against Martinsburg, uh, home against Preston, Musselman's away, Hampshire's home, and then Jefferson's on the road to end the season. It's going to be a tough rest of the season schedule for uh, Washington, who's still trying to crack in the wind column. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you if you don't like it. They'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on their side of this break. We'll talk some college football. Shepard gets a big win. WVU falls. Marshall upsets the number eight team in the country. We'll talk about that when we get back. After this two-minute break, you're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Back in two minutes. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. 
to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you. Big win for Shepard on Saturday. Ronnie Brown led the domination in the 41-7 victory. He had uh, 15 carries, 278 yards, three touchdowns, 41-7 victory. Shepard, the number five team in Division Two, beating Edinburgh, now 2-0 on the season. Uh, kind of an odd game. When you look at it, Tyson Bajan held under 200 passing yards, but he didn't need to do it all this week, Nick. No, he didn't. And, you know, Bajan hasn't thrown for under 200 yards since that win over Millersville, where and he struggled, but uh, still found a way to win that game. So it wasn't really a game, though, that Shepard really was on the field that much because uh, Ronnie Brown had a lot of long touchdown runs. Um, so the numbers there for Bajan. You know, him not reaching 200 yards and all that, it's really because they didn't have the football that much either. I think they only held the ball for 23 minutes. So Edinburgh had a lot of long drives. They started the second half with an over eight-minute drive that didn't lead to any points. Um, so Shepard wasn't on the field that much. They didn't really need to throw the ball because Ronnie Brown was running, you know, 50, 60, Yeah, only 70. two hours and 52 minutes of game time, too, on their three-hour football game. Yeah, so it was a quick game. It was a game that, you know, like we said, Edinburgh had a lot of the possession, but Shepard obviously had the lead. So, yeah, 23 minutes for Shepard, 36 minutes for uh, Edinburgh. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter that Bajan didn't hit the 200-yard mark besides personal statistics because he didn't really have to. They were able to run the ball so dominantly, and – even Blake Hartman had a big run there at the end mm-hmm. of the game uh, for 80 yards. Yeah, had total three carries, 94 yards, averaging 31.3 because that big, long 80-yard runner, which I think he was looking a little behind. Uh, I just ran out of gas yeah. at the end. Uh, do you want to play some of the highlights from the game? Uh, I was pulling them up. So. All right. Let's keep talking, Nick. I mean, Colin, uh, you know, you were here, but you got to watch the game on the screen, so you got to see it all rather than being there in the light. What do you think about the Shepherd team? I mean – the running game was absolutely insane, and that's something that nobody really talks about as a weapon for Shepard because everybody likes to focus on the weapons that they have in the wide receiver core and who uh, Tyson can get the ball to week in and week out. And then Ronnie Brown goes for 278 rushing yards, I think three touchdowns on the ground as well. And then receiving-wise, he had 42 yards, so a total of 320 purpose yards for a guy who I think now is putting his himself into the conversation as one of the best uh, players on the team, right up alongside Tyson Bajant. Ryan Beach, unfortunately for him, struggled during the uh, game because Edinburgh's defense really focused on him, so... It just adds another weapon in depth that teams didn't expect, and that adds a whole new level of the dominance that we'll, we will get to see week in and week out for Shepard's offense. And it's good to see because it was a number one offense last year, but it seemed like in everybody's eyes it was because of the passing game and the Harlan Hill winner and Tyson Bajan. But now you're showing that you're not a one-dimensional team 
if the passing game isn't working, you got guys like Ronnie Brown and like Blake Hartman who can get it done on the ground in the trenches. You guys still good over there? Yeah, we're good. What's happening? Uh, <laughs> wanted to also, you know, shout out some of the guys that did make some other plays besides Brown in the running game, obviously. Uh, Kenny Edlin scores a touchdown, his first career one as a freshman. Marlon Cook had a few nice catches, even though he didn't get into the end zone this week. Uh, and defensively, uh, Kyle Smith gets a pick six, two and a half sacks for Malik Holloway. Um, Dwayne right. Grantham gets an interception again. Here's Dwayne Grantham's interception as we hit, hit this over here. Bernard in the shotgun. Williams the back to his right. Bernard under some heat. Kyle Smith forces him to step up. Bernard looks over the middle. Intercepted. It's picked off. It's Dwayne Grantham again. The ball just finds number three's hands on defense. His third interception in two games. And Shepard gets the football back on a third down turnover. And Bajan takes the snap. We'll give to Brown. Brown dancing in the hole. Has the first down and more. He gets to the outside. Run, Ronnie, run. Inside the 10, into the end zone. If you let Ronnie Brown get to the outside, it's going to be six for Shepard. And it's a touchdown, Rams, with 4.57 to go. 6 nothing. Rams on top. Bernard will take the snap. He's under pressure. Lost oh. the football. And diving on top of it, I believe, Arnitsky for the Rams. No, it will be... The new or Journey Dunbar there falling on the football. So the Rams force another turnover as it starts with Malik Holloway's pressure off the edge. And then Dunbar falls on the football. Edlin, the receiver of the near side, Beach, and Cook to the far. Bajan looks over the middle, complete. Kenny Edlin caught, touchdown. The freshman scores his first touchdown in a Shepard uniform as it's now 13-0 Shepard with 2.25 to go in this first quarter. First because of it. Second and three from the 27. Here's a big hole for Ronnie Brown. It's one-on-one. Brown's ball across midfield. Ronnie Brown's going to outrun everybody for six. Touchdown, Shepard. 20-0 with 35 seconds to go in this first quarter. You give Ronnie Brown the football, and he gets a hole. And it is dangerous, and there, that was just a well-executed play, Travis. Everybody was going increasing that. Bajan hands off Ronnie Brown. He's got a big hole again to the outside. Brown inside the 30, the 20. Brown high steps his way into the end zone. Touchdown, Shepard. Ronnie Brown, every time he touches it, is going into the end zone today. Remains in the shotgun. He's looking to throw. Under some side pressure, and he gets sacked. Ball, Ball came out. Shepard. Trying to dive on top of it. The Rams do have the football. And what a time to force a turnover. Malik Holloway coming off the edge and getting the sack and the fumble. From left to right and now throws. And it's intercepted by Kyle Smith. And Smith will take it into the end zone. Touchdown, Shepard. The big D-line. That was a big interception for Kyle Smith. His first career touchdown on an interception. He kept that ball, Nick. And, uh... This was a huge game for Shepard defensively to show that last week just wasn't a fluke. Yeah, and Edinburgh is still a team that's growing, a program that's getting better. So, you know, it's early in the year for them, and they're a team that, though, was on a five-game win streak, had some big upset wins, and Shepard didn't overlook them, and they took care of business. Uh, This week, Cal PA will be really the first big test, I think, for the Rams. Even though Cal did lose last week to Kutztown, it was a close game. So They blew it. Yeah. So uh, they're definitely a team that 
you have to look out for though and, and there'll be a challenge for the rams i think it should be a really good game uh but edinburgh a young football team shepherd takes advantage of kind of them building a program there and uh shepherd has a well-established program so it was expected what was to happen in that game and uh really good win though still for shepherd i think the defense continues to be really impressive only 25 rush yards per game just over 250 passing yards per game uh you know seven sacks in these first couple games so they've been very good at uh forcing turnovers and and making plays defensively Yeah, yeah and that's something that is tremendous to see because we said at the start of the season it's the defense that needs to step up to go hand in hand with the number one offense in the country not only are they making more stops defensively they're forcing turnovers we just saw in the highlights there i counted four turnovers and i think there was one or two more in total for the defensive side for shepherd in that win so it's very impressive to see what they've been able to do and hopefully that continues as well to make this team unstoppable it was just crazy because before the season we talked about the biggest question mark on this team being the defense and back-to-back weeks uh, they've held up extremely well, played extremely mm-hmm. well, and you got you got three picks in two games for Dwayne Grantham, one pick in his homecoming uh, to Shepard for his first game in the Eastern Panhandle since he played for Martinsburg. That's big. Uh, Kyle Smith, pick six. Reminded me of Ryan Kerrigan back in the day. It did. Yeah. It was fun That's to see. That's the first thing I thought of when it I saw it. It was fun to see. It was. Uh, but now we'll transition and talk about West Virginia. Do we have to? Once again, the ball is inside the right side hash mark, and away we go. They stay with Cortez Braham in the backfield. Now he breaks out of the backfield. JT Daniels with an empty set, takes the snap. He drops. He's pressured. He's rolling. He's looking. He's throwing. It's caught. It's good in the back of the end zone to Bryce Ford Wheaton. And this game is tied at 42. And he tied the game at 42 on that two-point conversion to put it to overtime. Uh, But unfortunately, Kansas scored on their first possession and then a pick six to end it all. But I have to say, JT Daniels' stats, 28 of 40, 359 yards, three touchdowns to the one interception at the end. It's not a bad stat line. Oh, no. The offense isn't the issue, obviously, in both weeks of play. It's been the defense. The defense was absolutely horrible. And the lack of discipline shown as well because as you mentioned in that overtime kansas strikes first but wvu was about to have them in fourth with a very long field goal if it wasn't for a absolutely stupid roughing the passer it's unacceptable in that situation and that's what extended the drive for kansas to allow them to score easily because for some reason wvu did not know how to stop runs with misdirection they seemed lost out there and that's why they lost do you want to rant about neil brown fire him <laughs> simply put fire simply him? put fire him fire jordan leslie the dc allow graham harrell to be the head coach the rest of the season Find somebody if things go bad with him. Hey. Move on. You got Should a cupcake fair, game though. on the schedule this week. Towson coming into Millen Puskar Stadium. Milan. Milan, excuse me. Uh, 1 p.m. game Saturday against Towson, the FCS team. To be fair, though, the offense did make the two plays that lost them the football game back-to-back weeks. So while the defense has struggled... You know, the offense is not coming up in big situations as well. That's a fair point. Yeah, But the offense 
went five for five in the red zone in the first four drives they score touchdowns on yeah. 501 total yards no they definitely is did it really their win. fault yeah they did the offense is putting up their stuff i mean there's going to be times with turnovers yeah. there's usually at least one a game on both sides unfortunately yeah. for wvu it's happened in the end yeah but the defense can't stop a run hey Kansas against Kansas. might be a much improved football team for yeah. all we know who knows they're number one in the Big 12. Exactly. They're <laughs> one in the Big 12 right now. All right. West Virginia, you can catch the Neil Brown press conference show tomorrow, 1 p.m. Well, maybe. Waiting for the apology the of Eddie Hill. Another apology of Eddie Hill. Thursday for night, the uh, Neil Brown coaches show from 6 to 8 p.m. Then Saturday, I believe coverage will begin at 10 a.m. Uh, from the Mountaineer Sports Network. I heard uh, rumors that it's going to be from a U-Haul. What? The show. Ha, oh, you're funny. Ha, ha, ha. All right. I dreaded. I'm dreading talking about this on these airwaves because I'm getting get torn apart either way. You deserve but, it. I'll but, be nice. But you got to get. You, you, you got to give horn. respect where respect is you given. Columbia in the gun. Third down goal from the three. We're at five and a half minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Marshall trails by three at Notre Dame, but looks to take the lead. Trips right. One left for Columbia. Ethan Payne off the right hip of his quarterback. Notre Dame, eight on the line of scrimmage. The snap to Columbia, who drops the throw. Looking into the end zone. Flush to the left. Throws back over the middle. He has a man caught for the touchdown by Devin Miller, and Marshall takes the lead. Then on the ensuing possession... Uh, for Notre Dame, this happened. 19-15 Hurd, 4.55 to go. Everybody's back in place. Third down three for Notre Dame on the Irish's 32-yard line. Two receivers each way. Now Mayer goes in motion for trips to the wide side right. Long count for Buckner against the four-man front. Marshall on the blitz. Buckner gets rid of it to the left sideline. And it is intercepted by Gilmore. 30-25-20 right sideline. Stephen Gilmore. Gilmore into the south end zone at Notre Dame Stadium. And Marshall leads it 25-15. Read it beautifully. Good bloodlines, Mark. Notre Dame just keeps fighting here, and Marshall trying to fend them off. Well, those Irish are going to fight you. (laughs) Two receivers each way for Tyler Buckner. Actually, that's not Buckner. That's Pine, the backup quarterback, who takes the snap, drops back, looks left, throws to the sideline, and it's intercepted at the 15-yard line. Picked off by Owen Porter. He goes down, and the thundering herd fans are going bonkers here at Notre Dame Stadium. It's Marshall's football with 3:01 to go. Porter dropped into. And that really sealed it. Owen Porter, who some may know uh, from his days at Spring Valley, uh, he really sealed the game whilst. Stephen Gilmore, pick six, put them in the lead, or you know, not didn't put them extended in the lead, but the lead. extended the lead. This interception could have been a drive down the field if he didn't pick it off. Owen Porter did, uh, but you know, heck of a win by Marshall to upset the number eight team in the country. Uh, and it all starts with Kalon Laybourne on the ground, thirty-one carries, one hundred sixty-three yards, five point three a pop with a touchdown. Henry Columbia, pretty efficient, sixteen at twenty-one, one forty-five, one touchdown in the win. Uh, he spread it around. Eight guys on offense getting the ball. And then the defense played beautiful against this team. Yeah, I mean, Laburn is a great story, too. He was pitching last year. Yeah, and year. working at, I believe, well, Lumberyard as well. Yeah, and, and now he's you know the starting running back for Marshall due to the situation with Rasheed Ali. Uh, and he's taking advantage. I mean, he was a Florida State transfer, so the guy has talent. 
And uh, I want I want to give a lot of credit to Charles Huff, obviously. Um, yeah, I wasn't huge on Coach Huff last year because I thought some of the things he would say and stuff. I was like, is, is, does this guy really mean what he's saying? Um, but I think he he does, and he's gotten his football team uh, to go into Notre Dame and and not you know look at themselves as underdogs, which. And I think a lot of the things they did offensively were really good too. Um, and I think the big difference between maybe him and Doc Holliday is they were aggressive and they were trying different things. And that's what you need to do when yeah. you're the underdog. You know, they were running a, tri- also, a double pass with Talit Keaton. I also think when, they weren't when too we aggressive. See that with, with Doc Holliday. They, yeah, they weren't too, too aggressive, aggressive when they were in the red zone, fourth down. You could have gone for it. And instead, you take the three points and you pile those three points up. Yeah. So, uh, very impressive win. Shout out to uh, Chuck Huff and, and the Thundering Herd. Pretty cool to see. Yeah, Henry. I mean, Henry Columbia, an experienced quarterback that's been, you know, beat some teams. He, you know, he went into Morgantown and beat uh, West Virginia a few years back uh, for Texas Tech. But I think, you know, when you build the, – the beauty of the transfer portal is you got Columbia, you got Laybourne based upon the transfer portal. And they can help you out when things – I mean – Laybourne wasn't supposed to start in this game, obviously. You look back, you know, a month ago. So, I think it was great the way this turned out and, and what it means to this Marshall team is, is you know, one of their best signature wins in, in program history. Win. It's been 19 years since they beat a, a ranked team. Yeah. I think I mean, a top 10 ranked team. Besides, obviously, like, after the plane crash yeah. beating Xavier, it's the best win in terms of just an opponent uh, in a mismatch in a ranked team. I mean, beating Notre Dame, that's never happened and that's the highest-ranked team they've ever beaten. So pretty cool win. Uh, definitely was cool to see. Just doesn't get them enough points from the AP bias, though. There are four points from being ranked 25. Keep winning. Uh, You'll get there. Also, big shout-out to Sunbelt. Funbelt. Sunbelt, Funbelt. Three upsets this weekend, including App State beating Texas. Uh, what was it? Texas A&M. Yeah. Yep. And uh, who was it? That Georgia State? Georgia Maybe. Southern. One of those two beat uh, Nebraska, and right? and ultimately ended uh, Scott Frost's tenure as the head coach at yep. Nebraska. But uh, Sun Belt, Fun Belt—that's all I gotta say, guys. Yeah, just shows it's gonna be a tough conference to win if Marshall wants to win it. It will be. Yeah, you always gotta show the negative side, Colin. I'm just—it's <laughs> not negative that it's a strong conference. That's all. That's good a positive. Yeah. yeah, that's a good thing to have. You want to be able to play tough teams. Maybe it gets you in the playoffs. Yeah, but uh, Marshall on top of the world today. (laughs) Jim Justice, Governor Jim Justice, will address the team this afternoon at 2.15. From what I saw, uh, big things happening for the Thundering Herd next week. They'll go to Bowling Green. You know who's at Bowling Green? I don't know if he's playing this year or redshirting. Braxton Todd. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to double check check. on that. Then they begin their conference play at Troy on the 24th. They'll play Gardner-Webb, who they had to add in late due to getting into the Sun Bowl. I believe they're supposed to play App State in a non-conference game this year. And then they'll have to run the gambit. Uh, Louisiana, James Madison, Coastal Carolina, Old Dominion, then App State, Georgia Southern, Georgia State to end the season. So, I think... App State getting some recognition. They get college game day now, right? Yeah, college against game Troy? day against Troy. It'll be big. Uh, maybe, maybe down the line you see November 12th, App State at Marshall. If both teams are where they... Or they continue Could. to be where they are, maybe you see... Coming there, well, I don't know. the anniversary game as well, right? Yeah, it'd be pretty big for that to happen. But uh, any other things in college football you guys liked? Not really. Kentucky looks good. Kentucky beat Florida. 
I thought Texas, Texas was had a beat chance against yeah, Alabama. I thought Texas was going to beat them. All right. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding. Outdoor living in his family owned and operated located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com. On the other side of this break, we'll talk NFL Commanders win, Steelers win in an odd fashion, and the Ravens get another victory or get a victory to start out the season. We'll talk about that. And more coming up on this next segment of Sports Mix after this two-minute break. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Road 44. Lawrence takes the snap, steps back, sweat busts through the side again, forces Lawrence to his left, who throws down the field, and that one picked is off, picked off, picked off, picked off by Derek Ford. A huge turnover for Washington. The game-sealing interception by Derek Forrest thrust into action this week with Cam Curl out. Those highlights courtesy of the Commanders Radio Network. You can hear them all season long right here as we're the Eastern Pan at home for the Commanders. Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740. Also want to give a shout-out uh, to Steve Cotton and the Thundering Herd Sports Network from Learfield for sending us those Marshall highlights. Uh, you know, Nick, always got to have those connections, right? Yeah, uh, and – I told send you, him an, Steve would send, send him an email you. at like 11 o'clock this morning. He got back to me at 11.45. Steve Cotton, one of the best out there. Uh, but uh, let's talk commanders here. Get a win. They're 1-0 as the commanders. Um, Never lost. <laughs> a lot of stuff to make of this ball game. I believe first time they've scored on back-to-back opening drives uh, since 1991. First time they've scored in an opening drive since Clinton Portis had that had his first touchdown run, uh, that 60-yard run, back when I believe it was his first career game with the with the then Redskins after being traded for Champ Bailey. Uh, things looked really good to start the game. And then they kind of – the offense stalled a little bit. But you have to like, after throwing two picks, what Carson Wentz did and threw two, two touchdowns. I like that he threw two, two touchdowns to Jahan Dotson. Yeah. Even I though he's too. on my bench. He wasn't for me. Carson Wentz, 27 of 41, 313 yards, four touchdowns, two picks. Antonio Gibson having to step in on the ground, 14 carries, 58 yards, 4.1 a pop. Curtis Samuel, we'll get to that in a second. But you had Antonio Gibson, seven catches for 72 yards. Heck of a day. Wish they would have gotten Terry McLaurin a little more active. Two catches, 58 yards, that that touchdown. Uh, Curtis Samuel, eight catches, 55 yards. So, I mean, he's got over, what, And he was used in the ground game, too. Yeah. Which I did not expect coming. And he was the one that unfortunately ended up fumbling, and it wasn't Gibson. So Gibson yeah. was able to hold on to the ball. He was pretty impressive. Samuel really surprised me. Dotson obviously surprised me as a rookie. He's looking special. Carson Wentz played a Carson Wentz game. I mean, four touchdown passes, two interceptions. If he does that the rest of the up. year. If he does that the rest of the year, I'll be happy. Yeah, He's I'll the starting quarterback next year. I, I want to clean well, up the turnovers, though. I mean, three turnovers in a game, yeah. Three turnovers is too much. Right. Actually, more than that, 34. Yeah, but, but then you'll have over... That'd whatever. be a crazy touchdown and interception ratio. It would be like me and Madden. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it was an overall great game. We finally got to see Curtis Samuel be Curtis Samuel. Yes. What they wanted to bring him here for. And I think this all goes back to uh, Scott Turner. 
He's no longer calling games from the from upstairs. He's on the sideline. I think that makes so much more sense to have your offensive coordinator who's calling the plays be on the sideline because you're going to take less uh, delay of games penalties that way because it's got to get relayed from the coach down to Rivera. Then Rivera's got to relay it in to the quarterback. Now it's just being relayed directly from Scott Turner in to Carson Wentz. Yeah, it definitely I think that helped. makes a lot, a lot of sense, and it makes a lot of improvement there. Jahan Dotson, though, I mean, if these three, if this three-headed monster at wide receiver is what I think it's going to be, like it was yesterday, I mean, Terry McLaurin was getting double covered left and right. Well, there was Jahan Dotson, and there was Curtis Samuel, and Logan Thomas here and there too. Yeah, Logan he, Thomas is he, still. If he stays healthy, it, well, he's he was coming back his first solid, game back exactly. I mean, he had three catches, 45 yards. Don Dotson, three for 42 touchdowns. Curtis Samuel, eight for 55. Um, you know, they got Armani Rogers in there for one catch for 23 yards. A big catch. Uh, J.D. McKissick, you'd like to see him more in the passing game. He had uh, three catches for 20 yards, three rushes for eight yards. Uh, but this this team, offensively, I think it impressed that they came back. They came back. Usually you the don't see that. defense made big plays in the end, too. But Even the defense after, got burned way too many times. Yes, but when it came down to the final few times, Forrest had a big play in which he forced a fumble, and he also had the game ceiling interception. Yeah. And that was a guy that you weren't sure if he was going to get that much playing time. He had to step up, as you said earlier, with Cam Curl being out, and that's what you like to see, making two impactful plays that really helped define the outcome of the game. But and commanders need to play better than that next week if they're gonna this next week if they're gonna beat the yeah. Lions because the Lions scored thirty something points. It's important too to note that the Jaguars are a much improved team from what they were last year. Uh, in the past couple of years, I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna take a big step this year, um, and they spent a lot of money to get better. So while it may just be you know a last second win there, I think it's still a a good win for Washington. I think they'll be, you know, Jacksonville will be a five, six, seven win team. Probably, yeah. Uh, with the improvements. Sounds they like made we're talking and, about and the pack again. <laughs> five, six, seven win team. And Lawrence's uh, improvements at quarterback. Yeah. Steelers get a win though. A wacky win in overtime. Nobody wanted to make their field goals. No. Then they yeah. made the final field goal in overtime as time expired. 23, 20 victory over the Bengals. Uh, that was flipped. I really thought the Bengals were going to win. Joe Burrow didn't have a good Joe Burrow game. I did, game. too. I had four interceptions had in the first four half. Four interceptions, 33 for 53, 338 yards, two touchdowns, four picks. Mitch Trubisky, 21 of 38, 194 yards, a touchdown. So not the offensive numbers you wanted from the Steelers, but I think an overall good win. Steelers uh, defense. Was Steelers awesome. defense is what the Steelers defense is always. Really good. Uh, now the Ravens. The Ravens get a 24-9 victory over the Jets and what could have been a Joe Flacco revenge game didn't turn out that way at all. Lamar Jackson, 17 of 32 and 13 yards, three touchdowns and one pick. Uh, Kenyon Drake on the ground, 31 carries or 11 carries for 31 yards. Rashad Bateman, two catches, 59 yards, a touchdown. Devin Duvernay, four catches, 54 yards and two touchdowns uh, for the Jets. Joe Flacco, 37. Of, he had to throw 59 times. That's crazy. Yeah, he was under pressure. Only one touchdown. Yeah, and he was under pressure a lot, like I said there. And the Ravens, I think there were some good things. It was a slow start. You know, that first quarter felt like the preseason quarter since none of their starters really played. The defense looked really good um, at times. But, again, it's the Jets. 
you know, they have a beat up offensive line. Both their left tackles that they're expecting to play this season got hurt. Uh, so they were down to their third left tackle. Um, they were down to their backup quarterback in Flacco, who doesn't have much mobility. So anytime the Ravens got in the in the pocket, it made it very difficult for him to have success. Um, I think Lamar looked better in the second half. He finally hit that deep ball to Bateman, which was good to see. Uh, Duvernay looked really good. You know, that first touchdown he had was an impressive catch. Um, so there were definitely some good bright spots. The Ravens couldn't run the ball at all, which I think is a concern until Dobbins and Edwards get back. Lamar know. didn't even run that much. I yeah. was frustrated. 17 I wanted him to yards on touchdown to help yeah. out fantasy-wise. They didn't want to run the ball. But yeah. They need to get better running game moving forward. That's the big thing, yeah. I think, for the Ravens. Well, tune in to Monday Night Mayhem tonight. We'll break down more of the NFL schedule. We'll also talk some more high school and college. We'll have Ernie McCook out there as well, along with Travis Bajant. He'll do some arm wrestling. Tyson Bajant and another Shepard player will be out there as well. They'll be on the show with us. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. This segment brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We come back. We'll uh, wrap up today's show. Maybe talk a little fantasy football as well as uh, 697 for Albert Pujols. Get into that when we come back. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back into this segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you part by the Mayor's Group and Mayor Prize Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Mayor Prize Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you for this final about four minutes. Albert Poole is now three away from 700 home runs. He hit 697 yesterday, and uh, the fans tried to give it back to him after the game. He wouldn't take it. They kept it. He let him keep it, and then he signed two two baseballs. Just shows the kind of guy that he is. Really, That's why really he's does. been ever since I was a kid my favorite non Oriole player. There you go. He is a class act that is a great player at baseball. Will definitely be in the Hall of Fame at some point. And now, the fourth on the list for all time home runs. Yeah, he passed a Rod. Yeah, and as far as we know, he's been clean. So, yeah, when you look at the actual home runs in terms of, if you want to look at it that way, you know, clean and non-clean, that moves him up a little bit. Yeah. All right, Nats get swept by the Phillies. Second or third. Not sure of the all-time list there. Nats get swept by the Phillies this weekend. They have an off day today before they play two-game interleague series against the O's tomorrow. How's the O's weekend? Not good. I think their playoff chances are probably done. Um, but overall, it's still been, I think, a good season. So They're five and a half out from the final wild card spot. Unless yeah, they can like tough. win all this week because you got the Nationals, then the Blue Jays again, and then Detroit. If you can win those out, maybe you're back in the playoff hunt. But the offense has been struggling, yeah. and that's been the frustrating part. It has been pretty frustrating if you're an O's fan. 
to where you were a month ago thinking, oh, we can do this, and then... It's still been a great season that I think the team can end up with a winning record in, which wasn't expected. To be fair, they were only in the playoffs for one day. So it's not like they had a big lead at some point and and blew it or something. Like the Yankees are about to. It's true. The Yankees, they're going to stay in the playoffs. I mean, they're still in the playoffs. They're just going to blow blow the division. division. Which, two, three months ago, nobody could have imagined because they were, what, like 20 games up? Yeah. I don't know. They still have eight more wins than the than the the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. All right, whatever. Uh, talk about fantasy here for the final minute of the show. How'd your fantasy teams do this weekend, guys? I might. Not that it's Avery. over, but what? I might beat Avery in our league. I'm up by 22. I beat uh, Oscar in our He's league. He's got Russell Wilson, and I have I don't know. I don't think I have anybody. No, I have Noah Fant. So I don't know, uh, but I've I've won one fifty five sixteen to one twenty seven six. I'm one and zero. In my other league, my team Hunter. is absolutely terrible. I know you posted that video. Yeah, I did. I had that video from last year when I beat him in week one and made fun of him. So I reposted it. Are you it. bullying, Colin? Yeah, Colin, you're bullying it's over not here. Bullying. It's cyber bullying. It's trash talk. Because you're not there. If you were there, you'd be trash talking. It, no, I was there. I'm no, the one that if he was the there talking about person, the, yesterday. In person, bully. Yeah, that's true. Telling him that his team sucks is bullying. Could be draft better. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the they Sports Mix. Uh, tonight, six to eight p.m. Monday night mayhem down at the Neon Moon Tavern. Come out then watch Monday night football. You can hear Monday night football and talk radio WRNR from Westwood One. I want to see a Smith jersey for Colin Nick. I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight and tomorrow.